0: This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Patience is great and all, but sometimes you need to go after what you want, especially when it comes to hiring for your business. Thankfully, ZipRecruiter makes that easy to do. They put the hustle in hiring with smart technology that finds top talent fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter find a quality candidate within the first day. Try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
2: Hello and welcome to episode 310 of the Filmmakers Podcast.
3: This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie films to studio films and everything in between how to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to royally F them up in our very, very humble opinion. I am Giles Alderson and I'm Dom Lenoir and we... Alive, of course we're live. It's a podcast. It's ridiculous. We're not live. We're recording. it. We're
2: alive. We're at, we, we just are, about.
3: We are outside the Kino Cinema in Bermondsey now, yep. where Three Day Millionaire is literally playing. We've just done the intro. We've come outside to record. Today's episode for you.
2: Some very keynote audience members. I like um, that. I'm very keen for my dinner, but uh, where else nice. are they doing the the podcast uh, instead? But, <laughs> but that's important too.
1: That's important is, too. But
2: who do we have on? Dom Lenoir. We have an amazing guest. It's Lord de Clermont tonniere the director of Lady Chatterley's Lover. Oh the my new gosh! Netflix classic. It is released today on Netflix.
3: Apologies, there's a guy on the phone. Oh, there's, there's two security guides talking yep. to him, talking right From Sainsbury's, <laughs> hashtag Sainsbury's. <Bridges. laughs> Other supermarkets are available. <laughs> um, but Lady Chatterley's <laughs> Lover is out on Netflix today, and Dom Lemoir and returning guest host for the third time in literally a month is Conor Bu- buto? Buto? Bu- buto? How do you say, say? Conor Bu- Burrow. Buru, that's Burrow, the Burrow, the yeah. legend himself. He yep. does join Dom Lemoir. Where were you recording this? The Corinthia Hotel. Again, your favourite
2: place. It is my favourite place. You love it best bar in Europe.
3: Did, <laughs> 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 did you get um, Did you get nibbles this time? And and coffee there were no nibbles. Cakes. Just oh. just sparkling
2: water and, and no, no water. But the best sparkling it's water, the best. water. and the best. It's the water. best. Tell us what. Did Don't you, have sparkling water when you're about to do an interview though. Hiccups are no joke. Oh, I didn't. But
3: oh, well, it's probably better than burping and farting. That's true. That's true. Which has happened before not for me no. <laughs> uh, so tell us what you talked about with Lord Clément Tonier about Lady Charlie's lover
2: we talked about creating a, a very distinctive look for the film uh, shooting in a beautiful location uh, the cinematography and adapting a novel how very novel
3: that was a motorbike it's fun recording it outside it's freezing cold yes. here yes it it's is. beautiful cinema it's, it's not absolutely that delightful if you've never been to it uh, and it's a packed audience as well it is so there's a lot of my friends in there and uh you always worry what people are going to think of your movie is it going to get laughs so people are people going to like it usually when it's friends and family you do get a much nicer response um so let's see what happens oh oh i must say lady chatley's lover if you don't know um does star emma Corrin
2: um, and jack o'connell
3: And Jolie Richardson and Faye Marseille and Ella Hunt as well. Um, So, do go check this out on Netflix. What would people make of this movie? Essentially, it's a romance, uh,
2: mm. and it's a modern take on that, and it's it's, it's those deep, passionate loves that happen and, and the unexpected uh, nature in which they they come about.
3: It is based on a best-selling novel. I think there was a very famous TV series out in the 90s, Naughty, starring Sean Bean, uh, and now uh, this... It's a better version. Is a much, yeah, it's probably much better <laughs> well, It's
2: better reviewed. It's <laughs> better, better reviewed, so that's a, that's a good start. That's
3: already a good start. Yep. Um, it is about an unhappily married aristocrat she begins a torrid affair with the gamekeeper on her husband's country estate.
2: Mm. And what an estate they get into. <laughs>
3: what a state they get into. You're gonna love this movie. It's it's really cool. And Dom and Connor have obviously smashed the interview. I was still away mm. in Spain at the time filming the TV series, but I'm back now but still it's going out now. But anyway Dom we have got a very special announcement to make not only about three day millionaire still in cinemas still doing a Q&A tour that's not what it is though what is it? It
2: is a very top secret <gasps> guest
3: Top secret. Top secret. I like that.
2: And it's very likely to blow your eardrums with the, the level of guests <gasps> that we have coming on. It, it's ludicrous. If it, you it's- put
3: a gun to my head, yep. who would you say? You, could you give us a clue?
2: I couldn't. It's I won't give you a clue top mostly secret. because I've been stuck in an edit <laughs> I'm out, around this exhausting tour <laughs> <door, laughs> you have <laughs> making today a, a very special video
3: we made a special video
2: to introduce this, this this guest because it was so ludicrous
3: so that is coming for you next Tuesday this Tuesday in fact very very special guest maybe the biggest we've had on the filmmakers podcast uh, Dom Lenoir sat down with this special person and had a brilliant chat again I was away and I was so upset I literally missed <laughs> it by two days yeah. <gasps> but that is how it is that is life but still we bring it for you so uh, the tour the, the tour de force the tour de force that the is shank redemption, Lois. the tour shank redemption we are still touring this film we're going around cinemas around the UK a uh, link to that is in the show notes if you do fancy joining us coming to meet me Jack Spring Don Lemoir, some of the cast members talking about talking. how we made the film talking there we go. Um, brilliant about uh, <laughs> <laughs> how we made the movie you could either listen to last week's episode as you well you should but, as well yeah. and you definitely should uh, with myself Jack Spring on uh, live from an Airbnb. <laughs>
2: yes, yeah, well, that was a good one. Actually, we we talked about neurodivergence uh, did, and ADHD, health, which which has yeah. been really popular. That yeah. one. So, um,
3: you say it like it's been popular, as in people are buying it from shelves.
2: They should. And, well, then it might go into yeah. my holiday fund. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's the holiday fund <laughs> that you desperately need, yeah. and I want you to have a holiday. Yeah, I need it. Um, you do need it, and you've done brilliantly well with us on this. <laughs> so, do check out the links. They are in the show notes. Do go to Showcase Cinemas around the UK and do watch it now. Three Day Millionaire is on Sky Store. It is on Amazon Prime. It is on Google Play. It is on Rakuten. It is on Prime. Have I missed one? No. So there you go. Uh, that is Three Day Millionaire. Blah blah blah. Plugging it away. But why not? Why not? When we make a film, we put so much effort into it. Why can't I tell you about it? Right? You're you're the loves of my life. <laughs> All of you amazing people who listen to this podcast week in and week out. Mm. Uh, And I hope you get something from it. I imagine you do, because you do listen to it week in and week out. And for that, I'm eternally grateful.
2: Yeah, as grateful as we are for the people outside. Yes,
3: (laughs) for those chatting. Hopefully you won't hear that, because Toby, our brilliant editor, probably gets rid of them. He might not but there is music over, <laughs> over this as well so, hope, <laughs> so hopefully you'll hear us right, this is it let's get to this week's episode Dom <laughs> Le Moi, chatting about Lady Chatterley's lover having a Lady Chatterley <laughs> yeah, having it. a great Lady <laughs> Chatterley about it where can they watch it? Netflix now deploy uh, enjoy this week's episode we'll see you Tuesday for that very special guest time for food let's eat
2: Hi there. We're nice to delighted meet to meet Lord de Clermont Tonnerre, if I pronounced that correct, or
3: place yes, to correct. Yes, very good. Yeah, well done, yeah. Done. yeah I've,
2: got, I've got a bit of French blood in me, so.
1: Uh, Lenoir.
2: Lenoir. Yes, sense. yeah. We're delighted to have you here. You're the director of Lady Chasely's Lover. You've just premiered at LFF. How are you feeling to have your film in such a prestigious festival?
0: Oh, I'm very honored uh, to discover this film here with a, you know, British audience especially because it's uh, um, your monument of literature. And uh, uh, I'm really excited to be able to show the film here and with the the, the cast and crew. So that's very exciting. And how
2: did this whole thing start for you? Uh,
0: It started actually, it was April 2020, uh, full pandemic. Uh, We were all locked in and I received a script, uh, adaptation of Lady Chatterley's Lover. I had known the book, but um, I had read it a long time ago and uh, I, I read the story and uh, it's such a celebration to life and to human connection and I just felt that this is what we needed to, you know, to, to, uh, <laughs> we were craving, craving uh, the closeness and uh, of being together and, and uh, so it was really my first input was to, 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 to explore and uh, the importance of human connection in the nature also, obviously, uh, D. H. Lawrence is the first writer to, ex- to, to talk about female sexual pleasure. And uh, this was uh, why the, the reason uh, the, the novel was banned, because it was obscene. Um, to, to, and, and his point was to really glorify sexuality and to make it um, pure and beautiful, and nothing shameful and dirty. But he was very avant-garde. In and in defeating, like, uh, uh, puritanity, and, um, and and for those reasons, banned, So I just felt that telling the story through Connie's eyes, and to really explore her journey through intimacy, under her skin, and to really understand, like, her journey towards freedom, was an important reminder of a woman uh, taking ownership of her body. And that's something that feels still timely, unfortunately.
2: So in, in terms of adapting a story like this that's already, you've already read the, the novel, are there any moments when you read the script and you're thinking, okay, I, I like this, uh, there's certain bits about the character I'd like to bring out? How does that sort of that sort of process yes. coming on as a director?
0: Yes, absolutely. That's a, it's a very different process than, you know, uh, bringing, bringing your own writing. So you have to kind of put to shape it a bit to yourself or to kind of find the, your right shoes in it and, and make sure that it's, uh, it re- reflects your vision. The script was, was already in really good shape, but I really wanted to emphasize Connie's point of view, which was not in the script. It was more like omniscient point of view, and for me, was, she was telling the story. Uh, and that's, that was kind of like my take on it. I needed to, to, to really, um, you know, being immersive, visceral, and g- give a sensorial experience and you know put the importance of nature back into uh, um, the, 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 the film and make it a, a character
1: that's, that's really interesting i mean working with it was david mcgee right that, yeah. that wrote the screenplay mm-hmm. how do you go about collaborating in that sense you know when you're working with someone who's done such huge films life of Pi, etc mm-hmm. yeah how do you go about collaborating and finding what you're connecting with in the material
0: yeah it was like a lot of conversations uh obviously everything was towards zoom because it was like pandemic so there was uh, there was challenging the I, I wish we were all together you know like uh, uh in the same room but uh, but we managed to to do it through through zoom and and um and uh and you know i was like reading and reading and reading the, the, the novel as well after so there's some elements and details that I really loved that wasn't in the script because obviously when you have to adapt a five hundred pages novel you have to make choices. So there were things that was more relevant to me or things that I wanted to emphasize more. And uh, and and he was uh, always listening and you know add back those, uh, those 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 details that I really loved. And after. Uh, Working with the actors was important to to make sure that they were comfortable with their dialogue. That uh, so they had a lot of notes as well. So it was all and and they both read the book again. So it was uh, going from the adaptation from David Magee, uh, going also back from the books to to feel like the the real essence of George Lawrence uh, and and his modernity and his sense of humor. There's a lot of sense of human criticism that's really, really good. And um, yeah, we, we were ping-ponging between the novel, the adaptation, and what we wanted to bring today to the audience. And
2: did you have a very clear idea about casting from from the word go? Did you sort of have these actors in, in mind, or did that kind of come through the collaboration of the producing team and, and that?
0: Yeah, it came actually, because obviously, the, you know, the challenge of reviving a, a novel... Uh, like Lady Chatterley's Lover that's been adapted uh, uh, multiple times you, you need to to bring something new and the casting is really that, that very important element that will bring modernity uh, or not and, <laughs>
2: and I had, just, a, just a quick quick one mm-hmm. had you watched the original you know some of the other adaptions or did you like prefer to go in with your own take not taking that in, into mind I
0: knew one of them that I had seen a long time ago but I didn't wanted to rewatch it or to, to watch new ones that I, I, I didn't know. I just felt that uh, um, it was nice to be aware of them, obviously, uh, and uh, and understanding what was the, the, the you know, the, the emphasize and which ones. And But ultimately, I wanted to keep my my mind fresh so, and never been influenced. So then uh, I, I had to go back to the casting. Um, I had seen The Crown and, because uh, I was, you know, thinking about young British actresses. And the crown really struck me because I thought that Emma Corrin's performance uh, playing Lady Diana was so fresh and there was a, 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 an immediacy. There has a quality of being here and now, which is extremely, um, um, a, a very surprising um, uh, a freshness and energy that uh, seems unexpected. and. And the first time we talked, they, they shared their strong uh, um, connection with the material. And they said, wow, this scene about dancing naked under the rain, that's something I would love to do because it's so liberating reading it. I need to experience it. So I was like, welcome on board, Emma. That's wonderful. <laughs> Not uh,
1: every day want... you can do that in public.
0: No, and it, you know, the spontaneity, she's so spontaneous. They're so spontaneous. They they have like this, um, and they needed to really explore this ecstatic freedom. An iconic scene was for them um, such a symbolic moment that uh, that they were excited to 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 jump in. And then um, um, we we opened the the casting to to not you know to, to a lot of actors and. It was really hard to portray Oliver Miller's without being cliché. You don't want to portray like uh, it's, it's, it's easy to, to be in the trap of like the man in the wood and, um, the, you know, like antisocial and, and wordless. And um, and I always loved Jack O'Connell's work. I, I, and it's very meeting, grounded, isn't it? He's very grounded. And meeting Jack, there's a balance between raw and refined. Um, he's very sensitive. He's very tender. And uh, is invulnerable, and he's not afraid of being vulnerable, which, which makes a, a very interesting balance. And um, it also comes from the same uh, town, from Derby. The, the, it's a coincidence for the, the, from Oliver Miller. So he had, he, he didn't, he hasn't read the book at the time. So he was reading it, and he was like, "Wow, I feel even more and more stronger connection with the character because I understand the background because I'm from the same background." And, um, and that gave so much authenticity and, uh, and texture, and, and also the great luck that we, that wasn't predictable was that they got along so well that they, they had this huge chemistry out of trust and uh, honesty and, and being really good friends and had the same sense of humor. And that's something that, you know, you, you can not create everything, but there's no chemistry, there's no film, so we were very lucky.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you, you've come from an acting background yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah. How has that helped shape you as a director? Because I know there's a lot of actors that listen to the show. A lot of them are trying to make their own work, they're trying to make their own shorts, features. I myself have come from an acting background, moved into directing. How has that helped you move forward as a director?
0: Oh, this, this is, when I started directing, this is the only thing that I knew was the, to, to understand actors and to talk with actors, to connect with them, because I knew what was, um, I knew, I, I had empathy, I knew, you know, what, what it was to be uh, in front of people, in front of camera and uh, and being vulnerable. I knew nothing about technical, you know, uh, aspects of, I mean, I had observed a lot, but I never went to film school, and obviously talking about lenses and, and lights, I was kind of behind. But knowing acting and actors, it was crucial because it really helped me to, to, um, to, to understand the human emotions on screen and to be able to have empathy, understand where they come from, making sure that create a safe place so that they can feel loved. And not only love respected and, and, and supported in their research, of uh, you know, giving the best performance and, and playing the character. So I think that um, there was a key. And as an actor, actually um, remember from the past that there are some directors that sometimes don't know. Actors don't know how to direct them, so avoid it and kind of like are very technicals, but are scared to to connect with actors because. So I just would recommend to every directors to be in acting school or acting class into and, so, yeah. and to see that because it's a uh, I think it's a uh, it's extremely extremely uh, uh, important uh, elements of filmmaking.
2: Yeah, I um, I spent six months going to acting class just to watch. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah. And just so I could learn it, and it, it was a, it was a completely different skill. I used to look at actors as placeholders, and and you know think about the technical. But if the actor isn't comfortable and, and motivated in what they're doing, and, and sort of feeling like there's a reason for it, then you know there's there's only so much you can do on the technical side, and it's not going
0: Ab- to e- exactly. I think that that's most important is to be able to have like a truth, a truth, authentic emotion, authentic uh, journey, arc of a character, and you have to believe it and. Uh, so it's, it's also, I mean, you, you can have great actors, but if you don't create for them something that, you know, it's, uh, you have to help them. And so that's, that's kind of like. What I enjoy the most is to be able to work and collaborate with actors.
2: And what was the, the rehearsal period for this? Did you have any rehearsal time? Was it over Zoom? Did you more go through stuff in advance? Can you sort of talk about that process and, and how you like to work with yes, your actors?
0: Prepping from Zoom was really hard. Uh, it was like a COVID film, and we were all like masked and uh, on Zoom. and. Um, um it was very we didn't have any office to 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 gather to, to reunite so there was very challenging and we can feel even more because it's a film about human connection it was like this is this we all need to 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 be connected uh preparing a collective artwork and uh and a film it's uh that so i could feel so much need that, that you know we were so happy finding to be on set because we could feel each other but, but, but we, we, we were lucky to have tweaks of rehearsal with the actors and the intimacy coordinator. Her name is Ita O'Brien, and she really helped so much uh, to create this safe environment where we will all be able to talk freely about sexuality and what we were expecting from those scenes and what it should um, uh, express as an emotional uh, statement and journey for, for the characters and and the, the relationship. And the challenge was to be able to not be redundant or gratuitous, but be, to, to really tell, talk about their emotion and tell a story. Uh, through the poetry of body language and uh, and and so we we approached it as choreography as um dance dancing choreography and
2: it, and it allows more freedom actually and more authenticity would you say
0: yes much more because everything was so precise and uh that we knew exactly what we wanted to to achieve and how we wanted to achieve it uh obviously the actors it was kind of like you know their own the journey but because we 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 Talked so much through it, and, tom- and we 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 we, um, we choreographed it. We, we shaped it together. Uh, it it, was a, it broke the ice. So on set, even though obviously they had to, you know, to undress, it was familiar in a way because they had to rehearse it. And because through all those rehearsals, we bonded some uh, very strong partnership and uh, and, uh, and and trust. And so that was uh, that was key. And actually, Ita, on set. Was next to me, and we were watching takes, and she was like, "Would you like more breathing? Would you like more of those details?" And it was like, I would never dare to ask. And it was like, but I, I, I will ask. Cause you, you don't worry, we'll, we'll make sure it's really authentic and it's and and they feel comfortable. So really, she really helped me also to make sure that I could portray it in a very authentic way, and you know, to really. Um, carefully uh, direct the scenes.
1: Yeah, I think that's actually quite an underestimated part of being a director. Is like that's quite an awkward position to be in because I mean, you're y- trying to get your vision. But you it's feel sensitive. like
0: yeah, it's sensitive, and I feel like you're a perv behind my monitor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's what know, I wanted to say exactly <laughs> like a voyeurist. Yeah. Like oh, I'm a terrible person. What, 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 what. How do you make it natural? Like, and, exactly, yeah. and to feel like uh, excuse me, do you think you can? It's just it's it's it's, it's terrible. <laughs> it's so to have someone situation. facilitating the communication, being able to say is it it's okay it's okay to ask that it's okay don't worry I'm here she was like she just made it um she just guaranteed uh, a comfort uh where we we you know we were all like it, it was desexualized so it became like choreographed, it became precise, it became like, it was very professional. And and, um, and if she wasn't there, I would have never been able to direct those scenes in a way that I, you know, that, that I really wanted to. Because I would have felt so um, uh, uncomfortable. Yeah.
2: yeah, I think a lot of directors that haven't worked with intimacy coordinators, they look at it as like another challenge. But actually from all the directors i've spoken to that have worked with them it's actually a, a help and it's a benefit and it's just another department like you know like a stunt coordinator that brings something that makes oh, yeah. it more real and, and makes everyone more comfortable
0: oh absolutely completely i think that you you it was a key person on set i could see the benefits of it so much you know and she's also kind of like uh, as a therapist like talking to the actors making sure that's fine making sure there's nothing bothering them um, and I think it's such a relief also for them, you know, instead of being uh, everyone, As an actor, I've been actually in sort of situation where nothing was prepared, and I was kind of left alone uh, in front of the camera. And now, and, and, and no one would guide me on anything. No one would talk to me. And this is terrible because you feel so alone, and, and it's very humiliating. So I think it's very, it was very important.
2: So, so going into the, the visual side, um, you've mentioned your acting background and cameras, lenses maybe a little bit newer territory to you. What was your process in terms of putting together a look? Because it it's a very distinctive look, the film and it really captures the texture of the kind of the, the rain and the weather and, and the, the vintage elements.
0: I did catch up with a bit more of a technical uh, uh, details when after, after, after my short films and, and um, uh, what I wanted from this uh, Film to be is to be um, um, uh, obviously to, to to glorify landscapes and nature. So to find someone who had like a, a, a very strong uh, color palette and uh, and and l'Homme is also a painter. And there was a very interesting background for, for, for the farm because he was bringing a lot of references, a lot of um, um, artists from the time period. But also, we, we were really interested in um, autochrome, the autochrome photography um, from, uh, from the 20s. And we, we kind of like um, got, uh, got inspired by this technique, but modernizing it through um, our modern uh, tools. And, uh, and cameras and lenses. and so we had this green and color palette that we wanted to to kind of diffuse and have like this very bright and you know pieces t- t- um, touches of colors through her costumes, a very loose camera. To really like give like this the feeling of being restless of the uh, being very uh, energized uh a uh, coney instead of inside which is much more controlled and and a bit oppressive and with like you know tighter frames and
2: is that kind of to represent the husband character and, yes. and his kind of the stuckness the of the situation the, the and corset then, the yeah.
0: corsets like in instead of like whew, the looseness of giving inside and you can see when she's kind of like running there's Always a feeling of like lightness and uh, and spontaneity, and that's uh, that's really about um, uh, yeah having this handheld feel um, and and loose and never going to be you know like uh, we 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 are avoiding like stillness when we're outside. There was like a very. And also, like, the, the, it creates this kind of vertigo of being inside, outside, inside, outside. Mm.
2: Yeah, you definitely feel the push-pull between the sort of the, yes. the beautiful yes. nature and the expansive freedom and yes. then this kind of sort of stuffy, stuck inside. Yes, you and know, to give um, yeah. a
0: visceral, ex- you know, like a, a physical experience. Mm. Because then when you edit all together, you have, like, you, 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 you're, it, it becomes, like, you know, from a tight uh, frame just to... Whoosh, Opening and going outside, and then it just uh, you know you have to you have to invest yourself physically into this experience.
2: And was it all shot in one location? How did you find yes. the yes. location? Was it was it was it all just Google Images, or did you get to go on location hunting?
0: No, we went on location, and we loved this one especially because there was this hill, and geographically it was really like symbolic of class, and uh, going up and down the hill, and and uh, all the journey of Connie and it was really important to see her you know, traveling to see Miller and then back at the house and then again, and and, um, and and this this beautiful house, but kind of scary, towering over the hill, uh, felt like a character, felt like Clifford was wo- always watching. So that was really interesting. And it was in Wales, and Wales is like the nature is so beautiful, less manicured, more untouched, um, very... Uh, Dense, and uh, so that's, that was a, a great, great uh, forest. Like everything was there, so it was really, really helpful for us.
1: I mean, yeah, the visuals were amazing, and actually got a chance to check out one of your early short films, Rabbit, which was
0: oh, you did, thank fantastic. you, fantastic. <laughs>
1: and the visuals, even Thanks from the so very that. start, you know that one, uh, the one shot, yeah. the rabbit in the cage, it was fantastic. And I mean, I'm just interested as well, personally, how you you made that transition from directing a short and moving into your first feature it's a big it's a big step some people think it's just a longer version of a short film but there's so much more to it there's so many more people involved i'm imagining
0: completely no no my first feature film was actually like the extension of the short one because mustang the mustang Mustang, is like the same story with a horse Uh, when same story yes it says i mean developed obviously but uh, with horse so i it's a big rabbit, basically. <laughs> exactly, just a big rabbit. <laughs> um, no, the first short film. So there, there was there, it was Atlantic Avenue. So it was um, about the the um, intimacy of a disabled young woman. Uh, shot in New York. Second one, I I had like read this therapy in prison with animals. So it was like. Very odd pairing, and but a really interesting, and I wanted to explore more. So I did rabbit, and then I found out it was the same same um, program with wild horses in Nevada. So I went to Nevada thinking that what, whoa, this is, I am not done with this topic, I need to explore more. And so I went there, did a lot of research, uh, interviewed a lot of um, inmates in the prison. I had met the therapist who uh, opened me like the, the, the doors of prison and brought me with her on interviewing and understanding anger, understanding like... Uh, uh, the, the 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 journey of those men. So that was like extreme. Uh, there was yeah, very powerful. But it took a long time because obviously when you do a short film to the feature, which was like this uh, ambitious film in prison with wild horses, and it was my first feature film, and you know, financials was like. Well, uh, you know it's a it's a great idea, but uh, it's, it sounds really challenging, and uh, you know it was it was it was it was hard. It was really hard to. It took five years to finance it. Sundance Institute really helped so much because they selected the project um, at the Sundance Labs.
2: We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I
1: become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2.
3: Play it now with Game Pass. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no. The perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. gift mode has you covered need to find the perfect gift don't panic try gift mode on etsy now
0: this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage no matter what stage you're in shopify's there to help you grow Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
2: How did you find a producer? I mean, I mean, how were you looking for a producer in those five years? What was your, okay, I, you know I've done some notable acting. How am I going to now find the right person to get the project to do, you sort of make pitch decks, were you, were you doing all that kind of thing, or was it like all based on the script and trying to find people that were good collaborators, because it is it's the difficult part of the puzzle, it's getting the finance.
0: Very, very. But because the, I'm French, I was based in France, and uh, thanks to the Sundance Labs, I was, I was actually um, going back and forth a lot. I was going to um, all the Sundance um, um, uh, Labs who really helped me to, to, to meet people. And, uh, and I knew that I needed someone from there, but I also wanted to keep my European DNA. So I was looking for kind of someone who was who knew like both kind both ways of of of, um, of approaching cinema and. Um and there was this uh, a French um, uh, producer based in LA, working with a young American producer. So there was a great combination because we could raise uh, money from France first, and then we were missing like the biggest part of it. And we we, fa- we found like uh, um, uh, Focus Features came on board and and uh, not, and financed No oh, f- bad company to have. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we, we were really really lucky. So, yes, it it was uh, someone that kind of like had the muscles to, 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 you know, to really like embark on this crazy journey and uh, and be able to understand also my needs as I, you know, trying to protect the creative financing it from both sides, which was actually very smart.
2: What was your biggest challenge making that first feature film?
0: Time. Time. We had twenty-two days to shoot that film with stunts and wild horses. I mean, we, we were racing. We had like not a second a of joke? breathing. It was it was yeah yeah because no we was running around all the time trying to um, to to steal you know if, if we were like once two minutes it was like let's yeah, do this and we were like you know being always on the on the um, on the starting block like and, and trying to 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 capture whatever we could. It was really hard. Actually, we were really missing one day, and we begged for it and we finally had uh, uh, one more day and it was really 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 helpful because we didn't have the ending so it was just like we had like this kind of struggle with the light which was was really challenging shooting in nevada and was beautiful it's like the light is turning every hour and so it it was uh, we were losing light um very easily and so that everything was outside working with horses obviously i mean yes you have to be prepared we had an amazing horse wrangler uh, without him, you know, it's kind of like you have like what you need to have one key person when you're doing a, who, who is just really helping you um, uh, exploring a, a field that you're not familiar to. I mean, I I know horses, I love horses, but I have no idea how to control them. <laughs> I've <laughs> heard they're notoriously
1: like... difficult to shoot as well, even just framing. I don't know, I've never done it, but I've just had even mm-hmm. the big animals, not oh, big animals yes. can make it a weird frame at times.
0: Uh, and I'll say with a choreography. Uh, it, uh, you know exactly as we, 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 we approached um, choreography in, in this film and, and Lady Chatterley's Lover is that the, the choreography w- we had two weeks of rehearsal as well where Matthias Trinart was um, riding his horse and with the, like the hero horse, the the, the animal wrangler. And the cinematographer, and the cinematographer was uh, also like handheld. Was kind of very agile, athletic, and the four of them were to, had to find in a very, very uh, tight space a way to to feel each other, but never to step on each other. So it was very delicate. It was kind of a, a, a dancing. I feel that uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's kind of like um, it was a very intimate moment between the men and the horse, um, capturing through like the, it, it, you know, like the. The, they, they were all like dancing around the camera. It was very, really, yeah. And thanks to the Animal Wrangler, it was amazing. So,
2: after this film, what do you feel that you learnt taking into your next feature? I mean, were there any moments that you just thought, okay, I've learnt this? Uh, I'm definitely never doing that again. Um, after I the first make sure... one or the yeah, second one? After the first one, yeah.
0: Yes, the, the time. Time is very precious, so so it was very challenging. I mean, we we needed this intense energy, but there's also for, it, it was working for this film. But definitely, if I wanted to do something a little bit more controlled, it wouldn't have been possible because we were like kind of uh, improvising a lot and shooting, shooting two cameras and as much as possible. Um, yes, I knew that I, I really needed uh, rehearsal, more rehearsal time, and uh, and more time of shooting. Uh, but still, you, you always have, you know, you always find, even if we have much more comfort, much more days, much more space, there's always, you're always struggling after, and, you know, like, bracing after time. It's, uh, I never heard a story of, oh, we had so much time, we finished early, never. <laughs> Too oh,
2: much time. I think, I think
0: it's, uh, it's always like, it's, there's always a moment where you have to, 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 to look at your watch and say, oh my God, how am I going to do? And to make compromise and to, but in these restrictions also, sometimes you find the best, uh, the best scenes.
2: Going back to Lady Chatterley, how did you manage the the character of the husband? Because I, I think there's a bit of a balancing act in terms of creating someone that you feel sorry for, but then you also feel very justified in the way that the story sort of develops with the, the, the relationship that sort of forms. Was that all in, in the script when it arrived or, or was it something you had to sort of look at very carefully?
0: No, because it's true that you can, you, if you don't have empathy for him, then you have less empathy for her. So you need to really understand the triangle and her chi- and her struggles. Um, you have to believe that it's a, a love story that's honest and a marriage that's going to work. And uh, Clifford is as injured in the war. He's um, he's he's definitely feel trapped in his wealth share after being injured. But he's also uh, he's never been also someone really interested in sexuality, and he's. He denies her body. He neglects her body, uh, because he, his way to love her is more cerebral than physical. And, uh, there's a moment in the book when she says, I'm dying. I'm 27 year old and my body feels dry. I'm dying because no one is paying attention to it. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's this kind of relationship that feel very, very neglected and, and it's kind of dying, slowly dying. And, uh, but you needed to understand, uh, you know, why Clifford, uh, feels this way and, and how, you know, his, his idea of like building an empire, of having an heir was for him like the, the survival need and how he would just kind of like give something from himself that he has lost. So. We opened the casting to, to disabled actors. I had worked in the past with um, authentic people when I was like working with, with inmates uh, in, the, in in Nevada. I really wanted to have former inmates and being, bringing the experience. For Clifford, I, I just felt that someone who had the experience of being in a wheelchair or had a disability would also bring this humanity, this empathy, this truth. And I was really, yeah, when we met Matthew Dockett, he's a stage actor, and he would share with us in being very open and vulnerable about uh, his, his disability. And I just felt it was, it brought something that's unique to Clifford. Um... Uh, and you feel sorry for him,
2: yeah, and I think, I think what you said about cerebral was was really fascinating, and one thing you did really well was the carer and him, the kind of showing the, the the sort of small vignettes of their relationship forming, like playing cards together their their, their mm-hmm. chats, mm-hmm. and you can tell that there isn't it 's not sort of about the, the sort of the sexual connection it 's about having someone who can join him in an activity, and then to see the contrast between those two was really interesting because then you obviously see the the contrast between the other two. Um, and I yes. thought that was a really, really yes. good. It, it shows even more the differences by by having the sort of the two groupings. Almost. Yes, as
0: people are not made from the same wood, they're not from the same nature. So ultimately, they will not. They don't have. They have. They have really little in common. And uh, and and what Connie understands about herself that she her needs is much more in sync towards Mellor's need than toward Clifford's need. So this is what's really moving. Is that how two creatures? recognize that they belong from the same nature.
2: Is there one bit of advice to uh, to finish up that you could give your younger self about directing or to aspiring filmmakers?
0: Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. I would say follow your instinct. Follow your instinct very tightly because this is why people want to, to, to work with you is because you have strong instinct and uh, a unique creative vision. And everyone is going to try to, you know, put you on other ways and other sides, and just hold on tight. Your instinct is 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 your art,
2: Laura. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you. Good so luck much with a the premiere Thank you very much. And um, success with the film.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.
3: The Filmmakers Podcast exists thanks to your support. If you'd like to ensure that we can keep on exploring the filmmaking world with you, subscribe to our Patreon.